Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 25th of January, 2025. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Flyers back in action tonight. Back on the road. They got four-game homestand wrapped up on Tuesday. Flyers went one and three on the homestand. Yeah, the only game they won was a week ago today and probably their best win of the season, that 5-1 win over the Dallas Stars. Uh, but now they find themselves trying to stop a skid and they'll look to do that three-game skid um, tonight in Detroit. They've split with Detroit so far this season, and the two games they played against Detroit couldn't have been any different. A one nothing win against Detroit. Uh, that was a Sam Harrison shutout. And a 7-6 loss in overtime against Detroit. Uh, so it's been two polar opposite games. Remember that second one, the Flyers got down 5-1 to one after one period of play, battled all the way back, but ultimately ended up losing the game in overtime, did get a point out of it. Uh, Flyers come into the game still sitting in the second spot of the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference, one point up on the third place Carolina Hurricanes. Canes do have three games in hand, though, so potentially six points. Flyers five points up on the Devils and Islanders, six points up on the Caps, and sitting eight points up on the Pittsburgh Penguins, who hold down the seventh spot in the division. Detroit comes into the game sitting now in the sixth spot in the uh, Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. 47 games played, nine, or excuse me, 47 games played, 24, 18, and 5, 53 points. They are 7, 2, and 1 in their last 10. They did lose their last one and are plus 10 in gold differential on the season. Um, not saying to win this game, it's got to be like the first game against Detroit where the Flyers won one to nothing, uh, but it certainly doesn't need to be like the second game where they got a point out of it and ended up losing seven to six. So uh, somewhere they got to meet in the middle of those two games. And boy, this is just some more meaningful hockey these two games before the All-Star break, and then a ton of meaningful hockey after with a slightly different dynamic in the goal crease. Sam Harrison's going to be the guy right now. Flyers do only have three back-to-backs the remainder of this season. That's a good thing. I'm not sure how long Carter Hart's going to be out for or exactly how the situation is going to play out, but they only have three back-to-backs. Um, so Sam Harrison is likely to get a very heavy workload. And just like when we talk about, and John Tortorella talks about, meaningful hockey gives you very meaningful information on players. Uh, they're going to get a ton of meaningful information on Sam Harrison. Um, the pressure that comes from being the number one and a guy that's going to have to play the bulk of the games, what does that do to a player? What does that do to a goaltender? something I want to talk to Brian Boucher about. Um, we'll probably have him on next week during the bye week. Uh, but that pressure that comes with all of a sudden, okay, you're the man now. And you're going to get the pressure of being the man. And you're going to get the pressure of being the man in a playoff race, which is different than being the man when you're playing out the string. So we'll see how Sam Harrison handles that pressure. Now, he's handled pressure – in various forms as an NHL goaltender, going all the way back to his first start or that Carolina game uh, last season. And then this season, he's handled pressure extremely well. And obviously, he's been great in shootouts. But this is another, now another form of 
professional pressure that he's got to deal with and how he handles it will be very telling for this team down the stretch um, as the, you know, they try and keep a playoff position. Chris Tarian has said it's easier to keep a playoff position than to get into a playoff position at this time of year. And how Sam Harrison handles all this is going to be one of the fascinating storylines coming down the stretch. When we look at before a season starts about the question marks for a team and we look at, you know, coming down it halfway through the season about the remaining question marks from a team. We just did it a, a, probably not even two weeks ago on the podcast at the midway point when we looked at question marks for the second half. Now there's a different type of question mark there due to circumstances. And when you're talking about goaltending, you're talking about such a consequential question mark. And that's, look, that's the situation they're in. Fact of the matter is this. Sam Harrison's played in a total of 35 NHL games, which is a very minute sample size. It's not a big sample. Now, he's got decent numbers in total of his 35 starts. But again, I always say you can't just look at the raw numbers. You have to look at the team that was in front of him, the structure that's in front of him, and you have to account for it that way. His raw numbers are two six five goals against average and a nine oh three save percentage. They're not eye popping. They're not spectacular. He's got four shutouts total, three this season in his career. He's played in twenty three games this year. He's got a record of twelve seven and three, um, and a two four four goals against average and a nine oh five save percentage. And like that last game that he played on Tuesday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know goals or save percentage in that game under eight hundred. But you look at the four goals that he allowed. And I don't know that he was going to stop any of those. They were such high quality scoring chances. So the raw numbers maybe don't tell the story completely. Some people say, well, the numbers are what the numbers are. You're a goalie. Your job's to stop the puck. Well, it's not that simple. And, you know, you look at the situation coming down the stretch here. This is a high pressure situation now for Sam Harrison. And ultimately what you want to know is when the, the bleep hits the fan, how does such a consequential position like goaltender, how does it react? You always want to know that when it really hits the fan, that that guy is cool, calm, and collected. And that's a really important position. I think there's three elements of a hockey team that when things get really tense, these three elements need to stay really calm. First and foremost, coaching. If there's panic on the bench, then everybody else will panic. I, I thought last year in the conference final that Carolina with Rod Brindamore, I talked about this. I thought he got a little too panicked and I thought it ran through his team. Now a coach can be animated and can be demonstrative on the bench. That's not panic, but a coach can't panic. That's number one. I think you're a leader, you're a calm, cool, and collected leader, one of those guys in that leadership group. And I think in this case, it's Sean Couturier can't show that panic or else the other guys on the team start to panic. And then the third element of that, and I think these are all equally important, is your goaltender can't show panic. And Sam Harrison's been a real quiet, calm goaltender that presents himself big, presents himself with confidence, and he's done been able to do that so far. There's a confidence to him and a swagger. 
it's not an arrogance, but it's a confidence. There's a difference and there's a fine line. And how he handles this kind of going forward will be very telling. It gives you a really good look, a, a kind of a, a look ahead to what it would be like in a playoff series. All of a sudden thrust into this position in a very tight playoff race. How does he handle it? Does it overwhelm him at any points? Does he handle the media and the questions after good wins or tough losses? How, how does he present himself in total in this situation? I think is going to be incredibly interesting for Sam Harrison. So we've added a different dynamic of a question mark to the remaining games of this season. And we're going to get real-world data, eye test, and vibes from it. That's the big element that now the Flyers are presented with and that Sam Erson is presented with. And the fact of the matter is this. Any competitor, especially a goaltender, when there's only one crease and you're fighting for playing time, any guy worth his salt, and I think Sam Erson falls into this category 10 times over, wants this opportunity. You don't want to see your teammate go through anything or your tandem partner, but when this opportunity presents itself, no matter why or what the circumstance, you want this as a goaltender. You go, you know what? This is the situation. No problem. I've been I've been preparing for this my entire life. This is my opportunity. And I think Sam Harrison will take it that way. How he performs remains to be seen. How he handles the pressures remains to be seen. But I think any competitor looks at this opportunity and says, this is my opportunity. This is where I cement myself. This is where I prove any doubters wrong. This is where I become a household name. And this is where, most importantly, my teammates know that I can be relied on. That's what this opportunity to me, is for Sam Harrison. Starts tonight. I guess it technically started on Tuesday. But in earnest, it starts tonight. Flyers in Detroit. That's where it really begins. Now, coming up tomorrow, the Flyers alumni game. And we're going to see some, some old faces that we haven't seen in a while, like Mike Richards, if you can believe it. I can't wait to see Richie in a Flyer uniform again. It feels like far too long. And even though Mike Richards wasn't a guy that was, you know, one of the guys I loved talking to in between periods, post game and all that stuff in his time in Philadelphia, he just wasn't a great interview. <laughs> um, but he was one of the guys I loved to watch, man. I loved the way he played the game. And obviously Eric Lindros and John LeClaire and Chris Terrian. But one guy in particular has dedicated so much of his life 50-plus years to the Philadelphia Flyers. He's claiming it's going to be his last game as a hockey player. He's 80 years old, and he is our guest on this episode of Flyers Daily. It is Flyers legend and a guy who's given as much to the game of hockey as the game of hockey has given to him. Here's a conversation I had with former Flyer defenseman and great guy, Joe Watson. Flyers Alumni Weekend, and we are with a man who is claiming, I'm not believing it, mm -hmm. it's going to be your last game. Well, 
it better be. My wife says it better be. And my kids, my children say it better be. And, you know, I'm 80 years old now. And, uh, and I was asked to play in this game by Brad Marsh because it would include seven decades of Flyers hockey. And I said, really? He said, yeah, seven decades of Flyers hockey. I says, okay, well, I'll, I'll go out there and try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I probably won't get there that frequently, but I'll try to do what I can. Joe, there'll probably, there will be nobody out there that will compete as hard as you, even though you're 80. <laughs> Am I right about that? Well, I mean, that's the way I was taught, man. You got to, nothing is given. You got to earn it by gosh. And I've always, I've always felt that way about the sport and regardless of what sport it is, you have to earn it and you have to want to earn it. And uh, that's been my mentality of my life, all my life. When did the mentality start that if they plug that scoreboard in that it does matter no matter what the circumstance? Well, you know, as a young boy growing up, I grew up in Northern Canada, up near Alaska, uh, about 150 miles from Alaska, and there wasn't much up there. And I certainly didn't want to spend the rest of my life in, in that, that environment, uh, you know, 30, 40 below in the wintertime, snow, 10, 12, 15 feet of snow. And, and my way out of that environment was through hockey. And I was scouted in 1960 uh, by the Estevan Bruins. And, uh, and uh, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know the guy was there scouting us. And uh, it was in a place called Prince George, British Columbia, which is 250 miles from my hometown. And we were representing uh, the Northern British Columbia re region. And we went to the final. We, we beat the host. And then we went to the finals against a place called Kamloops, British Columbia, a team. And uh, they beat us. But this guy came down after the game and he introduced himself and said he was a scout for the Boston Bruins. And he was interested in three of our players and one being me. <laughs> and I said, Oh, that's nice. So, uh, so, uh, so I go down to Estevan and I get there. There's 104 guys trying out for four positions on the team. And I go to the scout and I says, why the hell would you invite me to something like this? He said, Joey, if I didn't think you had a chance, I wouldn't invite you. That's all he had to tell me. So, I proceeded to go out there. I was 16 at the time, and uh, I go out there, and uh, and I had to do something to catch their eye. So I got in three or four fisticuffs. I don't think I won one, but, you know, five days later, there's 100 guys gone. I'm still there. So that was it, Jason. That just started my career, you know. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing. Um, you, you've played in so many alumni games over the years, and right. I'm sure it's really great when all the guys get together. And you have generations of stories getting swapped. What's what are those moments like in the room? Those are the best parts, aren't well, they? You're 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 absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, we were just in Russia five years ago playing in Russia, and uh, and uh, uh, we went over there and and uh, we played against some great teams. Uh, but wherever we went, wherever we went, the Flyers were were popular. We we saw people wear Flyer jerseys and so on and so forth, and. But there will be a lot of regaling uh, stories about our times together and against one another. And and uh, so the stories will start to, uh, Thursday when we get together. And uh, and that will continue Friday. And, of course, Saturday, I think the, most of the guys will be leaving to go home. But it will be nice to see guys I haven't seen in 30 years. 30 years. So I'm really looking forward to Andre, see Andre DuPont. Him and I played together in defense. My brother, Jim, obviously, I see him frequently. But but it'll be nice to see guys. Tommy Bladen is coming. I don't think he's playing. And Moose is not playing either. But I'm, I don't know if I'm the only foolish one playing or not. <laughs> it better not be foolish. I better God darn keep my health and, and do what I'm supposed to do out there and uh, maybe play five, six, seven chips. That's all I'm looking forward to.
what's the process been like of telling your story via book with Bill Meltzer? I know that Bill's been working with you for some time. What's that process been like for you? Uh, I imagine pretty cathartic. What a, you know, what an exp I got the idea and we went to Russia. Uh, and Brad Marsh came up with the idea we should bring Bill Meltzer to do stories on our alumni and our tr over in Russia. And, and God darn, he had such a big following, following us in Russia, in which I didn't know this until we got back. And I said to myself, I've already decided to do a book. I'm going to get Bill Meltzer to do it. So about a year and a half later, I woke up one morning and I said, you know, I'm going to do a book. I told my wife, my wife said, what do you mean? I'm going to do a she book. She said, what about what? About what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what a comic book. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to do one. And, and I approached Bill Meltzer and uh, three and a half years, it's come to fruition. And we're doing very, very well with the book. Christ, I've. I sold a thousand books in two days one last week. A thousand books in two friggin' days. So I've sold a lot of books and and uh, I got another three thousand order right now. And I won't get them till uh, March the fifth. They inform me, but uh, but I enjoy. It's just it's very very. It's not cumbersome, but it's uh, very fulfilling. And uh, there's a lot of work involved in uh, in going to various events and talking to people and so on and so forth. Like I was at an event last night and. Uh, I sold a bunch of books at this event last night, you know, so you have to do that. Uh, yeah. In fact, the guy encouraged me was Bobby Orr because Bobby Orr did the forward of my book. And he said, Joe, he says, I've done this and boy, you're going to be on a lot of events. And I never thought much of it, but he was right. <laughs> a lot of events. I got another event tomorrow. Uh, I got a couple next week. Uh, so I'm busy. That's great. And yeah. keeping the story going. Um, last question for you. Yeah. Um, what has the game given you? the game of hockey i mean what does it mean to you what is it giving you well you know where, where i'm from where i'm from in northern british columbia there wasn't much up there there wild game there's a lot of wild game and very few people and i didn't you know and there's mining up there logging and railroading and that but i just didn't want to spend the rest of my life there and, and the life has given me i got two wonderful kids i got a couple of grandchildren now i got a wonderful wife and i made a very good living at it uh I watched my P's and Q's and I uh, kept my nose clean and uh, being with the fly organization for fi over 50 some years. In fact, when I uh, retired two years ago, I was number one in longevity with the Comcast with my years with the flyers and Comcast out of 195,000 employees all over the world. I was number one in longevity. I'm still a Canadian. <laughs> I'm still a Canadian. I'm not an American, but, uh, but it's given me a great, a great life, a great life. I've had a chance to meet so many fine people, travel, travel a lot all over. Um, and I certainly wouldn't accomplish that. I've had to stay in my hometown the rest of my life. So it's given me a hell of a life. Well, you've given a whole lot to the game as well. Joe, thanks for doing this. Oh, Best you. of luck. And yeah. what you're saying is your last game. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> my wife says it is. My kids say it is. So I guess it my grandson, one of my grandsons, a big hockey player. He loves hockey. And he wants to see Papa play, so he's going to come Friday, and that'll be that. <laughs> Great to catch up with Joe Watson, and I highly recommend his book that he wrote along with Bill Meltzer, and I can't wait to watch Joe Watson play one more time. Again, I'm not buying that this will be his last game ever. He's probably said that for 20-plus years now, but if it is, boy, is he poured a ton into the game, and I just love the intensity that he's done, that he's gone about it, every single step of the way i got nothing nothing but mad respect for joe watson 
Can't wait to watch him and the Flyers alumni coming up tomorrow. All right, we'll break down Flyers Red Wings tomorrow. And uh, we got a busy weekend alumni game coming up tomorrow night. We've got Flyers Bruins Saturday. So join us tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.